Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Macro Compass in video format for the Blockworks YouTube listeners. Now, the article of this week is called The Bond Market is Talking, Are You Listening to It? There have been quite some interesting moves happening behind the surface in fixed income. Before we start, let me tell you that the bond market is often wrong. Yes, you heard that right. Many believe that fixed income investors have some sort of esoteric power that allows them to always have an edge in anticipating what's coming. The reality is quite different. Understanding the signals that the bond market sends across its many dimension is not like having a crystal ball, but it's a rather very useful exercise because bond markets are the biggest and most liquid asset class in the world. And if you want to get a better shot at piecing together the very complex and dynamic global macro puzzle we always face, you'd better make sure that you understand how this asset class works and what it's saying. It's a bit like the bond market is your instruction manual for piecing together this global macro puzzle. And that's why in this piece, I decided to assess the current state of the US bond market with a particular focus on three interesting dimensions: curve slopes, volatility, and implied Fed funds rates by the market. So we do that first, and then we discuss about how this impacts uh, portfolio allocation and trade ideas going forward. Now, over the last 30 days, a lot has happened under the surface in bond markets. And you can't just go around and say, yeah, now the bond market thinks the Fed will pivot. It's not that simple, really. We need to look a little bit deeper into the bond market and those three dimensions I just discussed before. To do that, we will use the rates section of my volatility adjusted market dashboard. It's one of the interactive macro tools which will be available to the paid subscriber of the Macro Compass in 2023. You can see it appearing on the screen. There are different sections in this volatility adjusted market dashboard. I highlighted in black the three boxes we're going to focus on today. OIS curves, so the curve slopes, the shape of the yield curve, forward OIS rates, those are what the market is pricing in for Fed funds to be over time, and a volatility box. So as you can see in this dashboard, one of the most interesting characteristics is that it's color-coded. I focus on the last 30 days move and I color code them based on their magnitude. So the darker the color, the bigger, the most important is the move. It's the most interesting market action we should focus on. Dark green or dark red means that part of the bond market is aggressively moving compared to its historical normal volatility range. And therefore we should uh, check what's going on. So let's start from the box called forward OIS rates. Those are the market implied path for Fed funds ahead. And I want to dispel one thing because we are we are always hearing that the Fed will pivot, that the bond market is pricing a Fed that will pivot. The reality is if you do your deep analysis on the bond market, you understand that the bond market now is pricing a long, a very long pause, not a pivot. As you can see in the section of uh, forward OIS section of the, of the dashboard there, Market implied Fed funds, yes, have rallied, have lowered significantly over the last 30 days. But think, put, let's put things in context. Bond markets are now expecting Fed funds to peak at 4.9% in six months and then to remain above 4% for the next 15 to 18 months. Now, look at this chart I just put up on the screen here where you can see market implied Fed funds. And you can see the curve that basically um, looks at how the market is pricing these Fed funds to be over the next 
50, 60 months over the next five years. And I zoomed in into 2023 on the right part of the chart. And you can see there that the Fed funds are priced to be at 4.35%. So way above 4% by December, 2023. You call this a pivot with Fed funds rate way above 4% in 13, 14 months from now. It's rather instead a long pause in restrictive territory by the Federal Reserve. For comparison, if you're looking for what a true pivot looked like, have a look at 2001. 2001 is a historical parallel that the macro compass really likes for what's ahead in 2023. Now, in 2001, as you can see in this chart, Fed funds were cut by 475 basis points in a single year, from 6.5% to below 2% in 12 months. That's a pivot. While the bond market now is pricing Fed funds to go to 5% to stay there, and then for the next 12 to 15 months, only to drop to way to, to levels still above 4%. That's not a pivot. That's just a long pause in Fed funds between 4 and 5%. Now, once we understand that the base case from markets is not a pivot right now, but it's a long pause, you also understand this stance is reflected in volatility of the bond market, which sounds very scary, but it's not really complicated, yet very important. The option market in fixed income is very large, and it involves a lot of actors, hedge funds, banks, insurances, pension funds, and much more. It's a very important dimension to consider. So let's bring up again the volatility adjusted market dashboard and look at the volatility box that is in there. It shows the implied volatilities priced for the next three months and the next 12 months over various segments of the curve. So if you look at the one year, two year volatility that you can see there, that's the implied volatility pricing for the next year for a two year bond. The one year, five year will be the implied volatility for the next year for a five year bond, et cetera, et cetera. And you can see these dark green indicators there telling you that the bond market has reprised the volatility over the next 12 months in two, five, and 10-year rates to be much lower than it was a month ago. Why does it matter and what does it imply? So let's go back to the main theme that the bond market is pricing, which is a long Fed pause. What does it mean for volatility? If Powell isn't going to be so volatile anymore around these monetary policy decisions like it was in 2023, like it was in 2022, if he's not going to be that volatile, there is going to be less uncertainty around such an important market driver like deciding about Fed funds. That means that investors can also be marginally more aggressive in taking risks in buying equities because if the bond market behaves better, it reduces some of the big explosive volatility that bonds brought to portfolios in 2022, which makes investors a bit more able to take risks elsewhere. And look at this chart here. It basically shows how the S&P 500 in blue on the left-hand side moved one-on-one -on -one almost with bond market volatility, which is in orange and on the right-hand side of the chart. And you can see that the bond volatility indicator is inverted, which means that if the orange line goes up, there is less volatility. And that also meant that the S&P 500 went up. But as soon as bond market volatility increases, you see the orange line going down, the S&P also took a dive down. Now, the latest move has been in bond market volatility down, which has also helped uh, equity to perform because, again, it has given investors more certainty about what comes ahead for the bond market, less volatility, more ability to take risks. Generally speaking, a lower bond market volatility is good for risk assets. 
Now, if the Fed is seen to pause soon and also to pause for a long time, something very fun can happen in the yield curve as well. And it did happen. So again, let's bring back the volatility adjusted market dashboard and look at the part named OIS curves. Look at these colors. They're very interesting. You see that there has been a very sharp flattening in the two to five year part of the curve and in the two to 10 year part of the curve. But also there has been a steepening in the five to 30 year part of the curve and in the 10 to 30 year part of the curve. Wow, that's interesting. Flattening and then steepening. So what's going on? Again, it revolves around the idea and the strong consensus that fixed income investors are forming around a long Fed pause narrative. And why is that? Bear with me. If the economy is slowing down, but Powell keeps insisting in keeping monetary policy tight because he wants core inflation to slow to 2%, that's going to take a while. He's going to pin these two-year yields at very high levels, close to 5%. And nobody can fight that because after all, the Federal Reserve has a very strong influence on what are the, the very front-end yields, right? They basically decide that by applying Fed funds, right? So Powell pins the two-year part of the curve high up. What happens to five and 10-year bonds though? They start reflecting that growth and inflation expectation down the road, five to 10 year, become lower because a very restrictive Federal Reserve is compounding the already existing economic weakness, probably is gonna leave some scars on the economy. Those scars will be reflected with lower growth, lower inflation down the road. And so the two-year part of the curve gets pinned up, but five and 10-year rates slowly move down, which means the curve flattens further. Look at this chart. The 10 year to 10 year, the 10 to two year yield curve slope just broke the 2000 lows and it's trading now at almost minus 70 basis points. It was only lower during the Volcker era in the eighties when Volcker was trying to hike interest rates so much at the front end to fight inflation and the curve inverted all the way to minus a hundred basis point. At the same time though, the curve is steepening between these five and 10 year points and the third year part of the curve. So how come the third year uh, the third year part of the curve is steepening on the other hand. That's because the bond market now is pricing an economic slowdown, but not a true recession. So that means that it's basically coupling the Fed on hold in 2023 with slower economic growth, not a recession, and also it's pricing the Federal Reserve to accompany a recovery slowly but surely in 2024 and going forward. So under the assumption that the economy doesn't really follow a cliff, a Fed that gently accompanies a recovery later on might coincide with a slow return to growth and inflation over the very long term, 20, 30 years down the road. That can get reprised and the curve over that very long end can reprise steeper a bit, but don't miss the big picture. The big picture is that the two to 10 year part of the curve, which is one of the best predictor of a recession, is now more inverted than in the 2000 and could also be heading to more inversion if the Fed doesn't really back off a bit here. Now, what does it all mean for portfolios? We talked about the many dimension of the bond market that are discounting, not the pivot, but the high probability of a long Fed pause in 2023. The bond market is also expecting an economic slowdown, but not a very strong recession. And the bond market is expecting some mild accommodation by the Fed in 2024. On the other hand, if you look at equity markets, equity markets are priced under the assumption that the slowdown will be even milder. If I look at earnings per share growth in 2023 in S&P companies, they are set to grow at 5%, which is not a very high number, but still a growth number, not a recession at all. And lower bond market volatility, coupled with this institutional behavior of year-end, 
have spurred the rally of the S&P to around 4,000. Now, the macro compass models indicate that this combination of a bond market uh, pricing in the long Fed pause, an economic slowdown, the equity market even pricing an even milder slowdown, actually are not a high probability outcome in 2023. Because we have had an unprecedented tightening of monetary and fiscal impulse in 2022, the housing market is coming to a complete freeze. Sales volumes are down 30 to 50% year on year this year. There are no sales in the housing market anymore ongoing, and it will get worse. The macro compass models are pointing to this, to the following macro base case. We will have a disinflationary recession in the US next year. It's going to get more acute in the second half of 2023. The earnings per share growth that my models are pointing at in the S&P 500 are negative for 2023, negative 15% earnings growth. So we're going to basically drop earnings next year. U.S. unemployment is set to rise towards 6% in the next 15 to 18 months from today's 3.7%. And core inflation will gently slow down towards 4% by mid of next year and then rapidly drop thereafter because of this recession, because of this cyclical slowdown. Now, if you're an asset allocator and you have a long-only portfolio, just a normal ETF portfolio, this base case macro environment does not validate a cyclical equity rally, does not validate a new bull market yet. It suggests a defensive stance with cash, some bonds, and some defensive equity sectors, rather than chasing the 2021 kind of stocks, um, ARK and all this high beta stuff. This is not the moment yet to do that. You can start to allocate a little bit, but still be defensive in your allocation. The ETF portfolio will become much more concrete with percentages, with names of the ETF for the subscribers to the Macro Compass in January next year. It will cover all investable ETFs from all major jurisdictions. If you're in Europe, in the UK, in the US, you will be able to see and replicate this portfolio if you want. From a tactical trade perspective, I think that the market is underestimating the chance that we end up in a, in a 2001 scenario where the Federal Reserve later on going into the end of 2023 might be forced to cut interest rates. And so that's best reflected in the front end of the bond market. Need to be patient a little bit, but ultimately it will look a very good trade next year. And also I really think the real estate market is set here for a drawdown. So if you are invested in the real estate market via ETFs, uh, via sector allocation, I think this is the time to take some of the chips off the table. Now, a final uh, reminder and message is I want to thank the many subscribers who already secured their spot, continuing this macro learning journey together in 2023 by signing up to the premium products of the Macro Compass. From January 1st, getting access to this content and much more that I will deliver on the Macro Compass in the form of courses, reports, interactive macro tools like the dashboard we discussed, portfolios, trade ideas, much more will require a paid subscription. And as a loyal listener, you can sign up now and get access to the services for the entire 2023, paying only eight months instead of 12. But the offer is limited in time and spots available. You have until November the 30th, there are 12 days left to be amongst the only 2,000 subscribers that will exclusively benefit from this good offer. There are roughly 900 spots left. So more than 50% have been taken in only six days. If you want to check out which subscription tier suits you the most and take advantage of the exclusive offer, you can do that on the Substack page, which is the following. 
themacrocompass.substack.com forward slash about. So themacrocompass.substack.com slash about. Thanks guys for listening and we'll talk again next week. Mm-hmm.